0: Ah, good morning, church. It is great to see you all today. Hope you're well. I'm going to start with a testimony. Um, we say testimony in church. If you don't normally go to church, maybe it's your first time or whatever, we just mean something good that's happened that maybe we think God's had a connection with it. He's kind of helped us. He's had a hand in it. So about two weeks ago, I went up to Bradford. Anyone know Bradford? The home of curry. <laughs> and uh, so in fact I wasn't even going to share this it was when I heard about the curry night and I thought hey what a great start to the to the message and we, we so we're going up for this kind of men's event at a church up there a big church over in Bradford and there's quite a few of us guys that are going up and we've planned it or well I've not planned it but some of the guys have planned it and as part of the planning Friday night we're all going out for a curry Midweek in the week leading up to it, I get a message from the church saying, we'd like you to come to this pastor's event on the Friday night. I love curry. (laughs) I I don't know if I can explain quite how much I love curry. I get, if I, like, I I try not to have it too much because I'm not sure it's too healthy for you, to be quite frank, particularly the amount that I eat. But when I do, on the days that I'm having a curry, say next week, I'll get excited about it. As it's getting close, I'll get... Honestly, this is true. You might say I've got a problem. Feel free to pray for me. But this, so this Friday night, I'm like, I've got to go to, this, to this, this kind of thing. And I can't go for the curry with the mates. So I went to this thing. And I was all the time there. I'm wishing I was at the curry with the mates. And then I came out, and as I came out, I got in the car, I I, I gave another pastor that I knew that I'm friends with, I gave him a lift home, and I'm I'm driving along, I'm not quite sure where we are in Bradford, and I'm just kind of, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling sad, and I just punched the address of the hotel into the sat-nav to go and meet up with the guys, thinking they're probably not going to be there by the time I get there, and I'm driving along, and suddenly I'm thinking... This road looks familiar. This looks like the road of the curry house that we normally go to called the Three Sings. And I'm driving along and I'm, ca- and I'm saying to God, this is true. I'm saying, God, if this is the road, if, if we drive past and I see the Three Sings in the distance, I, I, I'm thinking I'm going to call in there and I'm going and, to, and sure enough, about a second later, there it is in the distance like a beacon of hope shining <laughs> shining light and as I get there guess what I see as I turn and look I see the guys sat there having a curry and we went in and we had a curry and apparently it was only, well they'd all ate theirs and, and but but I got there and I sat down and it was only later when one of the guys said to me so I, I have vindaloo I quite like a hot curry and I ordered this vindaloo, and I ate it, and I didn't even have a drink because it was so late. They, uh, they kind of like just managed to get it me out, and I'm thinking, I've got to hurry up and eat this. The guys will be wanting to get home, and it didn't even touch the sides, I'll be honest. So, it, uh, guys, anyone going for the curry night? <laughs> is it just me? I don't mind. on my own. I'm, I'm not bothered. I love carrot curry that much. Um, but do you know what I love more than curry? There's, there's a couple of things I want to mention that I love more than curry. One is my wife and my family I love my wife and my family um, I absolutely do we tell each my wife my wife sat on the front row right so if I told you something that wasn't true she would jump in and shout and say something but we tell each other multiple times daily how much we love each other we do the same with the kids and you know and there's so much love church I, I just felt God saying to me you're not telling the church as much how much you love them I, I want to tell you I, guys I love you I absolutely love you, I love the church, I love the people, I love what we do, and, and I think we've got something really exciting here, and I really believe we're on the verge of something, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, anyway, so there's, there's a little bit of soppy kind of love stuff, um, come on, let's say this in faith, I am a child of God, so I'm entitled to all of the benefits that brings Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me and to respond with faith, belief, and to be changed by his word. Amen. Amen. So Tracy's going to throw up. uh, uh, In fact, actually, no, don't put it up yet, Tracy. Is it up already? Don't put it up if it's not. Um, About six months ago, I was woken in the night, and it was one of those moments where it just felt like, the, the, well, yeah, God was speaking to me. So I got my notebook out and, and started making notes, and the, the vision was that we would have a, a, as a church a YouTube channel. Now, that's nothing too grand to have a YouTube channel. There's 12-year-old kids that have got YouTube channels. There's nothing kind of impressive about that, is there? Let's be honest about it. But there was a vision attached to this. A vision that we would take the message, the message of Christ, the message of God, outside the walls of the church, and that God was really putting something on us and almost giving us a permission as a church to say, I'm with you in this. Step out in this. This is this is, you know, my hand of blessing, my all of that stuff is gonna be on this, and this is gonna be really, really good, and it's gonna be right, and I want you to do this. So once, I don't know about you, but once I've got permission from God, that's kind of all you need, isn't it? At that point, you, you set sail and you're off and you're going and you, you just give it everything. And that's part of the reason why the, the church news that we've been doing and those of you that are in life groups and you'll have seen what we're doing in life group TV as well, all of that media, you'll see it's growing week on week and it's getting better. There's, there's more than a vision for just, than just sticking it up on that screen. We, we really want to have a, a, a world-class, why not? Genu- genuinely, right? Why not? A world-class YouTube channel that is putting out the quality content that people in the world, whether they're Christians or not, are clicking on it and they're going, this is good. This is good. Not just the, the what's being said, the quality of the message, but how it's being presented, the quality of the broadcast, all of that stuff. So we've got a vision for that. Now, as part of that vision for that, we, we've spent quite a lot of time learning how to produce film and media and all of that stuff. And I know there's some of you in here that already know this stuff. But one of the things I want to share with you is something just, just interesting, just a little snippet that I just I can't I can't put into words exactly how this impacted me. Such a small thing when I heard it. Part of doing uh, media when you're filming is you've got to throw a lot of light at things because otherwise the camera can't pick it up. Fatmon's amen into that because she's often the other side of the camera with all these lights shining on her to light her up so we can get her on the screen looking good. Not just Fatmon, anyone. So we we do all of that stuff. And and one of the things you've got then is the camera doesn't always represent the colors exactly as you would see them normally because you're throwing a lot of light at it, all of that stuff. So one of the things you do in what's called post-production You like that? we kind of learning all the phrases and stuff like that. One of the things you do in post-production is you try and get the the, the lighting right, or sorry, the the color right, color correction, color grading, they call it. So one of the things you use is a scope. It's called a vector scope. Um, Maybe Tracy could get that up for us now, actually. This vector scope is really, really interesting because what what you do with it, I'm going to jump down so I can show you. It shows you all the different colors on the screen. That little white blob in the middle, can you see that? It looks like a bit of mist. That thing is the colors representing where they are. So that's showing you they all the reds and the yellows are kind of showing on that. And can you see skin tone line yeah. right there, yeah? So that is the line. You d- one of the things you told is don't... don't Grade by eye, because sometimes the screen can be wrong, all of your eye can be wrong, all of that stuff. But that line is called the skin tone line. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because of this. When I heard about it, I would have expected that for different skin tones and different colored people, you would have different lines. No, you don't. That skin tone line is the same for anyone. No matter what color your skin is, it's always the same. Do you know why? And this was the bit that really hit me, and I was like, wow. I'm not saying the colors are the same in terms of, you know, people can, you know, yeah, you get it. But the <laughs> I could say something stupid there and make a fool of myself. But anyway, I'll stop myself. But the, the point of that line is the reason that line is the same for everyone is because we all have red blood under our skin. Isn't that powerful? Whatever the, sco- the colour of your skin, we all have red blood under our skin. And even a computer recognises that we are the same that we are not different. I just thought that was powerful. I thought that was really, really good and I wanted to share it with you. This morning, actually, this is that wasn't the message, but it is kind of, <laughs> it's so good, it just needed to be said. Um, it is attached to the message though and it's a good little intro because I want to talk to you today about the meaning of your relationships in our Relationship Rescue series, but the meaning of your relationships with God and with the church. Now, a little bit of context. When I say the church, I don't mean the building. Most people, when you think of church, they think of a spire and a cathedral or a church building. That's not what the Bible says the church is. The church lost its way in the, in the early you know, zero centuries and the first few, uh, kind of eight, nine centuries until the Reformation, and then things changed. But until that Reformation, the word church, which is ekklesia in the Greek, actually was was changed in the English translation of the Bible. Anyone know that originally the Bible was translated into Latin so that all you lot couldn't read it? That That was the goal. The priest would stand there. The Bible was translated into Latin. It was chained to the pulpit so that the normal man and woman could not get hold of it. And it was in Latin just in case they did because the common man didn't speak Latin. But when it was translated into English, they chose a German word, Kirche, for church, to translate ecclesia in Greek, and that word in German has a, a meaning of a building, not a people. Whereas the original Greek word that Jesus used only appears twice in the New Testament, the word church, bizarrely, but the original word for church in the New Testament means a called out people. Ekklesia means a called out people. A called out people. It's got nothing to do with bricks or mortar or walls or anything like that. So when I say church, I mean us. I mean the people, that's who we are, we are the church. All the other stuff is just a means for the people and for us to meet in and all that kind of stuff. But I want to talk about how we can have, uh, 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 what the meaning is if you like, and how we can have a really strong relationship with God, a meaningful relationship with God, and a meaningful relationship with each other, okay? That's what I want to talk about today, but you've got to be resilient to be able to do that. If you want to be, uh, you've got to be strong and resilient to have those things. And just as much in the good times as in the bad times. Let, let me give you an, an example. If you've spent time building strength in these areas that I want to talk about this morning, you'll find that you will have a strong and a healthy relationship with God. Anyone ever uttered the phrase, I want to hear from God? Yeah. You want to hear from God, some of these things that I want to talk about this morning will help you in in all of that. It causes you to rise and to be successful like the sea in the harbour when the tide comes in and it rises. That strength and resilience that is going to help you to have a strong relationship with each other and with God is like that sea that rises because it doesn't only cause you to rise, but it causes just like that sea does causes all the boats to rise with it. It will cause all of the people around you to rise with it. Not only will you be uh, grow and prosper, but those around you will grow and prosper, and they will be happy and they will be blessed too. Because do you realise, right? it is possible to be living in abject blessing. You could be living in that chapter of your life where everything is going incredibly well. It's like it's harvest time and everything is just coming in. There's that much coming in, you can't contain it. Anyone know life's like that? Yeah, life is exactly like that. When blessings come, they come so fast and so quickly and in such abundance that generally there's too much to contain. You can be in the middle of that. You can be in that, in that season of your life, in that chapter of your life, being blessed beyond measure and miss it. And be wallowing in self-pity and depressed and down, and struggling, and moaning, and negative, and criticizing, and complaining. You can do all of those things. You can miss the, the, the success, and, and the, the blessing, the abundant blessing that is around you. You can miss it all, yeah. and sit there, negative, and depressed. Likewise, on, on the other side of the coin, if you like, you can be struggling. Struggling. You could be facing such opposition in your life that everything is going wrong. You name an area of your life, it's going wrong. And I know we all find them times where, I don't have to tell you, do I, about them times when everything seems to be going wrong. Maybe you're not in that right now, and it's so, we do quickly forget, don't we, until suddenly you're back in it, and then, then there's a problem, and suddenly it's like, oh man, I remember what that was like, and it's horrible, and all of this kind of stuff. But you can be in that, where everything is going badly, everything is going wrong, it's all disaster, it's all doom, it's all gloom, and yet you are rising like the tide growing growing in the middle of adversity the thing is we need to be doing both we need to be growing in the bad times and we need to be growing in the good times and if you want to hear from God you want to have a strong and a healthy relationship with God, then you have to have a mindset that says, I'm going to grow in the good times and in the bad times. Paul the Apostle said this, he said, I've learned to abound in much and to abound in little. Whatever the circumstance, basically what he said was, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, I've learned to abound I've learned to prosper, I've learned to grow, to grow. Yet sometimes we struggle to grow in the good times because we miss it, we're moaning and we're complaining. Do you know you can't do that? You can't moan, you can't complain, you can't kind of have that attitude when tough times come of, of having a pity party and complaining and moaning and being down. And hear from God some of you and I'm not I've got no one in mind I'm not naming any names But well, some of you the, the, the times are tough and you, you, you you're complaining and you're moaning and, and you're whinging and, and others are looking at you and they're going. <laughs> I'd give anything to have what you've got. To so, to be where you are. And you're moaning in the middle of it. You think you're struggling and you think you're blessed. Try living my life. And you'll see what's struggling and, and, and bear in mind, right, guys, we live in a, a country that is relatively blessed. And, and, and i'll give you context to that a third of the world the statistics are lives on less than uh, less than a dollar a day but we may as well call that a pound a day at current exchange rates. A, a third of the world lives on less than a pound a day less than a pound a day they don't know they don't have that safety of a roof over the head They don't have that security of of what's going to happen in their old age. They just all they know is they're going to have to work, and and if a day comes when they can't, they don't know how they're going to eat. So I'm, I'm you know, but that's not the message. I'm not trying to say, hey, just because we're not in that, we're not struggling and things aren't bad or whatever. You can have lots of money and be struggling. Man doesn't live by bread alone, Jesus said. We need more than just bread to be able to live and and to function and to survive. We don't just need a roof over our heads and a couple of quid in our back pocket so we can buy something to eat to be okay. There's more to life than that. But no matter where you are, no matter what you are in, no matter what you are going through, you can prosper. You can prosper. It's a mindset and it needs faith and it needs belief in God. But if you're saying, well, I don't know if I can do that, then I would say this, you see some of you can saying, I, I want to hear from God I want to know from God I want God to speak to me yet you're doing all of those things you're moaning and whinging and complaining about your lot and, and your life and how bad it is and all of this stuff they are not compatible goals you can have anything you want in life you just can't have everything because some things don't go together like Liverpool and Man United, they just don't <laughs> go together. You can't support both. If there's anyone in here who does, sort it out. Come and have a word with me. I'll put you on the straight and narrow. You cannot support both. You have to pick a side. There's none of these half and half scarves. We invented that rubbish. What on earth is that all about? But anyway, it's not meant to be a football rant. <laughs> lost track. You can be confident and calm and actually excited in whatever circumstance you're in, excited about the future and hopeful about the future. Yes, you will hear voices that will tell you you should be worried and you should be concerned and you should be down and all of these things. You'll hear these voices and they will come to you. Others will tell you you should be scared. But let me tell you, God's voice is different. God's voice is not the same. His voice is the authority. It overrules every other voice. God's voice overrules every other voice. Let God be true and every man a liar. It says, that's a really important verse to keep in your bank. Let God be true and every man a liar. Every man a liar. If everyone out there, everyone is saying a certain thing and God is contrary to that, let God be true. In your heart, let God be true and everyone else lie. You don't have to argue with him. You can if you want. That's up to you. That's your choice. I wouldn't necessarily advise it. But God's voice overrides every single voice the voices of the past, yeah. past failures he talks about it in that word. Your past failures, your past mistakes, God's voice overrides that. I don't care how long you've been battling with this issue. I don't care how long it's been going on for and how many times you've failed. God's voice overrides the past. His voice overrides your enemies who will come and tell you that you are doomed. They'll tell you all your faults. They'll tell you how bad you are. They'll tell you how rubbish you are. And they'll tell everyone else while they're at it, by the way, let me tell you that. In fact, actually some of them will tell everyone else and they won't tell you because they haven't got the guts unfortunately it overrides those who mean well and they come with the good intentions but actually it's not good advice God's voice overrides earthly authority. Every knee shall bow to the name above all other names that is Jesus Christ, it says in the word. His name is over every other name. And if you're not a believer in this place, maybe you just come, we have plenty of people who come along and they don't believe in God. Then maybe you're in that position If you're in that position, right, and you're thinking, okay, his name's above all the names and all of that stuff, and I'm not sure about that and how I feel about that, let me tell you, that's a powerful, powerful verse. Because if you can believe that, if you can have the faith to believe that, if you can have that revelation to believe that, it means you are on for success. You're on for success absolute success. It overrides the voice in your head. Come on. Yeah. It's not just everyone else, is it? It's what we say and all those thoughts in the middle of the night. It even overrul- overrules and overrides logic. I don't care what logic says. I don't care how. Or, or the, the figures don't work. They don't add up. It's just never going to happen. God's voice, his authority overrides, overrules every yeah. other Voice, And if you want to hear from him, if you want to hear that voice, you have to be strong and resilient. You have to have an element of strength and resilience within because otherwise God will not speak to you in that. But do you know, with, even with all of that power and authority, and I'm saying to you, God won't, won't speak to you as much. I'm not saying he won't speak to you at all, but he won't speak to you to the depth that you want if you, if you haven't, don't have this strength and resilience. We're going to look at it more in a moment. But even with all of that power and all of that authority that God has, He still loves you. Psalm 8 verses 3 to 5 says this. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers. Some translation put it the work of your hands. But think about this. That that word can be translated as fingers. I prefer the word fingers as the translation actually because think about this. The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. Imagine the moon and God with his fingers. Fixing the moon and the sun. He's putting that in place. And the stars. And the vastness. With his fingers. With his fingertips. He's placing every planet in its place. Sorting it all out. With his fingertips. And yet it says, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet. Yet. You made them only a little lower than God and crown them with glory and honor. God's voice will give you hope and the future. It will give you a surety. It will bless you in every single circumstance. Is that not worth getting some strength and some resilience in your life so that you're able to hear his voice more and more and more? You cannot be in an attitude of moaning and complaining. How can you moan and complain at God and then expect him to have that full relationship with you that you want? How is he meant to do that? when you're moaning at him and complaining at him, how is he meant to speak to you and be so close to you? It's not that he can't, he can do anything. But how is he meant to do that? Faith God desires of us. Faith, faith, faith. Whatever comes your way, you will prosper. If you want to hear God's voice, then you're going to need to spend some time building strength and resilience in your life. Strength and resilience. The prophet Jeremiah, incredible prophet, one of the the men who's heard from God more than anyone else in recorded history, the prophet Jeremiah. 58 chapters, I think it is, in the book of Jeremiah. a a, a massive book. He went through tribulation and trial and all of these different things, yet he was ready and he listened to God and he was strong and he was resilient. Strong and resilient and he heard from God. There's a particular chapter when he heard from God and and one day God said to him, he said to Jeremiah, he, he woke him up, he told him to get up. He said, I I, I want you to go, get yourself up and go to the potter's house. That's what he said to Jeremiah. He said, I want you to get yourself up and I want you to go down to the potter's house. Head over there. And guess what? When you get there, listen to this. I will allow you. Listen to this. I will allow you to hear my voice. I will allow you. Yeah. You cannot treat God's voice and treat God as a right, yeah. Yeah. As, a, as a puppet, yeah. Yeah. as someone who just can be treated in any way, shape or form, who can just be ignored at, at any point yeah. Yeah. and have a strong and deep and meaningful relationship where you hear, where he allows you to hear from him. You can't do it. They're not compatible. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. We love to preach positive message, forgiveness and grace and all of that. It's not that this doesn't counteract forgiveness and grace. It's not that there's not forgiveness and grace. It's not that God hates you suddenly. It's just that he's waiting for you to sort your attitude out. He is still speaking to you, just not in the way you want him to. He's speaking you, telling you to, yeah, lots of things. (laughs) He's saying, go and see the potter. Go to the potter's house. That's what he's saying to you this morning. He's saying, go to the potter's house. Go to the potter's house and I will allow you to hear my voice. I'll allow you to hear my voice. You see, when he got there, he saw a potter, a workman who had a purpose and he had clay. He was working with clay, wet clay. You can't really work with dry clay. It doesn't really work, does it? He's working with wet clay and he's got it and and basically what, what God said was or what Jeremiah saw, which was God speaking to him, was that the clay that he was working with, it says this, it says it had got corrupted, malformed, broken if you like, in the hands of the potter, not by the hands of the potter. Did you hear that? It had got malformed in the hands of the potter, not by the hands of the potter. And the potter took the clay and he reworked it. He reworked the clay and transformed the clay until it was as he wanted it to be. In the bad times when the clay was corrupted and malformed and not as the potter wanted, the potter worked with it and was able to reform the clay into how it was meant to be in the bad times but he was working with clay not porcelain some of you are like porcelain porcelain is very fragile and very brittle and if porcelain is out of shape there's only one way to, there's only there's nothing you can do with it except break it, and when you try and reform porcelain, it breaks, so all you can do with porcelain is leave it as it is, you can't rework porcelain, you can only rework clay, so if you want to hear from God, you want God to reform you and change you in in your life, where you are, then you can't be like porcelain, You can't be fragile. You can't be getting all worked up and upset because things aren't as you want them to be and getting all upset because there's there's some problems and there's some issues and there's some bad times and everything's not perfect. And if someone says the wrong word to you, oh, well, I'm upset now and I'm off because, oh, I didn't like that. That's porcelain. That's fragile. That gets broken by the tiniest little thing. Whereas clay doesn't. You see, you can take a piece of clay and you can actually hit it on the side and you can reform it and the clay will rework and it won't break. In the hands of the potter, the clay can be reworked into anything, but the clay has to have certain properties for that to work. The more like porcelain it becomes, the less the potter can do with the clay. It's restricted, or he's restricted. He's restricted by what he can do. He might be able to do so much, but not everything that he wants to do. If it becomes very hard and very brittle, he might be able to do virtually nothing. Only a few little minor adjustments, some fluff around the edges, maybe a little bit of painting on it to make it look nice, a bit of makeup and and job done, and it looks good now. A bit of colour correcting and all that kind of jazz. And it looks good on the outside, but nothing's really changed on the inside. It's still the same shape. It's still as brittle and as, 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 as tough as, as. God's words are precious. If Jesus tells us that we shouldn't cast our cast our pearls before swine. What what he means by that? If you've never heard that phrase before, he means to take your your wise words and say them to someone who's just gonna just step all over them. And you say, "Oh, you know, you're gonna be okay. It's gonna work. You you know, you could do this. You could do that." And they just come back with a whole load of negativity. Oh no, I can't. It's all bad. You don't get it. It's all terrible. There's nothing nothing can fix this situation. And 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 Jesus says. In that situation, when you try and you can't get anywhere, don't keep, don't keep giving your words to people like that. Don't keep giving them positive words because they'll trample them underfoot. And, and what he's saying is effe- effectively, it'll damage you. It'll damage you because you're giving out good words and they're getting trampled by the other person. Yeah. They're negating them. And you're sat there in that company when them words are being negated. This might sound like a harsh word. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be a, you know, a message of love. can't be weak and made of porcelain and become a strong and healthy Christian and, and really get into those deep recesses of knowing God and his ways and who he is. Yeah. And, and who he is. How do you compare in your own eyes? Are you like porcelain yeah. or are you like clay? How do you compare in God's eyes? How does he find you when he comes to deal with you? Are you like porcelain? Suddenly the, 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 the slightest word, it's all disaster and it's all terrible and just got to step back. Are you like clay where he can, he can work with you? And, and when that harsh word or that tough season comes in, he's able to mold you and to get you to where you need to be. So that you come out of it stronger, so that you rise and you grow. some of us would crack if we were told we're not reworkable we're not soft we're just hard and tough Mm. and you might be thinking we're in the middle of our relationship series you see this doesn't just count for our relationship with God this counts for our relationship with each other in the church in the church because God will use Our relationship with each other, as much as you give him permission, only as much, I would venture to say, as you give him permission. He will use the relationships within the church to speak to you, to change you, to mold you, if you're like clay. If you're like clay. If you're like porcelain, it's not possible can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, if you can't take no, you can't take correction, you're there and you're wanting something, Uh, maybe it's a position or a title or so it could be work, might not be church, could be in, in your family, could be anything, But no one can speak to you and tell you what you need to hear because they're all too petrified of the response that they'll get. Does God not speak through people? says in his word, in the multitude of counselors there is wisdom. says to obey your godly leaders. It's their place. They've been put there to help you, for you to grow. And the potter, the thing about the potter is this, that he, he wasn't playing. This wasn't some project. When Jeremiah went to the potter's house, it wasn't like today where you might get a potter and they're doing it because they love pottery and it's a hobby. There weren't as many hobbies in them days. You know, there wasn't the time and the money to have hobbies. <laughs> Life was a bit more real than that. So the potter, was, he was producing clays and, and they weren't just for, to be in fancy houses to look the past. These were jars to contain water and they had to be functional. The potter was serious about what he was doing. Yeah. He had a purpose with the clay. Yeah. He had a plan with the clay. And, and if he was doing, got all of a piece of clay and he wanted that to be a, a vase because he knew that he'd needed, he sold all his vases and he needed to make some more for the next customer that comes in wanting a vase. And the the clay's going, no, I want to be a jar. I want to be a a, a water jar, because I've seen the water jars and they're brilliant. They have that little spout on the end and they've got a big (laughs) handle on the side. And vases don't have handles. I don't really want to be a vase. I want to be a, a, and and the the clay's trying to be a vase. Sorry, the clay's trying to be a jar. Not only does the potter have a purpose, he has prerogative. Yeah. He has prerogative. It's his clay. Yeah. He, he made it. He formed the clay. He created the earth. Yeah. He formed it. And so when it's his clay, he kind of has the right, doesn't he, to say what that should be and where it should be and what it should do and how it should be. I would say that's fair, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'm not trying to push you too much into it. <laughs> Some of you might not want to agree with that one. I might, <laughs> yes, all right, go on then. <sighs> Don't want to hear that often, do we? God's prerogative. Mm-hmm. Says it in one verse, man proposes, God has the final decision. It's not that we can't propose. I, I believe we can propose to God. We can put forward the things that we want. And, and you know, a lot of the time God will work with that and he'll work with us. And, and often he's put those dreams and those thoughts within us anyway. Yeah. So this isn't a message that, hey, we've all just got to be like worms and do as we're told. And there's no... Convert. That's not how it works, is it? And Paul talks about this in Romans 9. He's not talking about predestination in terms of that it's all sealed. God just picked what everyone's going to be and that's it. No, what he's saying is God has the right to do that. And he does in some circumstances, in some situations. There, there, of course there are circumstances and situations when God says, no, this is what I want. I, I, I'm kind of God, you know. That's, yes. Is that Okay. If you want to have healthy, deep, meaningful relationships, With God. With God. Let's talk about God first. Don't be like porcelain. You cannot be like porcelain and have a deep, meaningful relationship, a healthy relationship with God. You have to be teachable, you have to be malleable, you have to be like clay. You have to be workable. You have to be able to take knocks. You have to be able to, to, to be chosen for a task and for a purpose and be prepared to do it either for a season or for all time. Who knows what? You have to be malleable. And likewise with each other. You can't just say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll bow to God because he's God and I respect him. But I ain't going to bow to any of these people here. No, none of that. I I just, you know, God, it's fine bowing to God and doing what God says. I'll take that authority, but I don't want to take any earthly authority. I'm talking about in the church. I'm talking about in any situation. I'll take God. God, you tell me, you tell me, God, you tell me, God, what to do, and I'll do it then. When you've said, God, and I'll do it, but none of these people around here, none of these earthly people, no, I'm not listening to them. I'm not doing what they said. I'm just going to do what you say, God. And that all sounds great, doesn't it? I serve God. I serve God. First, and just him, and God's like, You don't get it, do you? You don't get it, you do not get it, you've missed it completely. I put earthly authority in its place for your protection, I placed it there. He said, We're to submit to one another. You want to have a deep, meaningful relationship with God. And then with the church. And you want to rise like the tide. And not only see your boat rise. But all the boats around you. All the people around you being blessed by you and your presence. You can't be like porcelain. You've got to be like clay. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you.